Welcome to the Food Connected Podcast. This is Lonnie Sweet coming to you from the Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival. On today's episode, I've got former Top Chef contestant and mentor Richard Blaze. Uh, he is also the chef owner, owner of Juniper and Ivy in San Diego, as well as the Crack Shack, which has got multiple locations across California. And more importantly, he's one of the best chef entertainers that I've seen. So uh, on this episode, we talk about uh, the idea of building a brand and uh, his point of view of entertaining an audience. So appreciate you listening in and hope you enjoy. Thank you for uh, for joining us. This is Lonnie Sweet in the Food Connected Podcast. I'm down here in Palm Beach at the Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival, and I'm excited because I've got Chef Richard Blaze with us today. Um, what's up, man? Thank you for joining. No worries. Your room is better than mine. Uh, this is not my room. This is just okay. a podcast room. Right, so, so, so the last time we met, which I think was funny, it was during a podcast, and and your wife had called us and said, "Shit, you know, we're having a hard time finding a room. Can you just come meet us, like?" behind the stage, behind the stage yes. at, at Kaboo. And it was like behind a curtain. It was like a jan- it was like a janitor's closet for It was like hot as balls fans. too. Yeah, it was it, honestly I mean the fact that I'm here, that that was the first time we met, yeah. the fact that I'm sitting here with you. Yeah. Uh, is pretty impressive. That means like you really like are going the distance with me. Because I thought it was good. It was the worst location I've ever recorded. Yeah, but who cares about? It? I mean, the end of the day, right? You're sitting there talking to friends. It was like an interrogation room. I think we. Joked it about definitely it. was it like was an interrogation room. Like a fly, like just a fly strip on the wall. It was, it like was a, yeah. It was gross. It was pretty bad. But you did it, and it was pretty awesome. And I, I, I was just telling you before, right? Like, I first of all, I love, I love your podcast. I'm still confused about podcasts as a whole. Right? The uh, fact that I'm doing one is confusing enough. Uh-huh. I don't really listen to many of them. Sure, sure. I'm kind of confused by them. Yeah. I really think it's just radio, really, at the end of the day. It, it, it is. Right? right? But it, just programmatic radio, right? Like just on-demand radio? Well, I mean, that's what everything is down to, right? Like, I guess like so. Your social media account, it is TV. I guess. Yeah. Like I just honestly have just come to the reality of that. That like, well, you know, if you got whatever it is, like a quarter million, half million, million people following you on a social media channel. All all it is a TV show, a TV channel. That is as much that that you're getting more traction out of that than you would on a lot of cable television shows. A hundred percent. Network shows sometimes. So. So I want to dig into that for a minute. So I ask I ask one question of everybody before we start off, Um, and it's. It, not that it's a simple question, but it's a pretty straightforward question. What does being food connected mean to you? Hmm. Well, I mean, so for me, I mean, being food connected, I mean, that's, I mean, it's my life, right? It's my life. 100%. It's my lifestyle. Right. So, I mean, I think that's it's, it's interesting because everything we do is, can, I mean, I think for everyone, but for, for a celebrity chef specifically, like everything goes back to food, whether we like it or not. Like, that's true. To it. Right. And I, and I say that jokingly because, um, you know, I always wrestle with the fact that, like, sometimes it'd be nice to just talk about, I know you have a sports background. Yeah. Like, I love sports. Like, I could talk shop and about sports or about music or about acting or movie, whatever it is. So sometimes it's frustrating that it's always connected. Well, do you, though? I mean, your podcast, you tangentially get off the subject, right? I, in, in ten, in Intentionally. 100%. Right. Like we like to talk to people in the food world, but hopefully not too much about food. I was talking to Jonathan Thor- Sawyer this morning about how shitty the Cleveland Browns are and how yeah. depressing it is, the fact that they're that bad. For him. Well, not for me. I can give two shits. As a Clevelander. I, I, I mean, to get into it, I'm a born Jets fan. 
Oh. So like the misery, I, I, I understand. You're still a Jets You said born Jets fan. Are you still a Jets fan? Because I am, in all fairness, and people see me on social, uh, like a fan. I, I, I love logos, and I love teams, and I love athletes, and I, so like I have no problem wearing like 29 different hats. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah, it doesn't make you a fan. It's just you like the look. Exactly. So like there's certain things you're born with in the sports world. So like Jets, Mets, like I'm born with that. Like there's nothing. So I you really like Taylor May, not Ping is what you're telling me. <laughs> the, no, he's wearing a Ping hat right now. <laughs> I, uh, shout out to Ping for right. fitting last right. week. So no, I'm wearing this in Nice. Good. Man. Although... This is it fitted you with clubs. Is that what you're telling me? One of my one of my restaurants, Juniper and Ivy in San Diego, uh, we definitely the logo is it was influenced by my love of the logo for Ping. This was six years ago, so totally unconnected. You a big golf guy? I, I'm. I mean, you're in San Diego. You kind of have to be. You know what? I the, the true story is I, I was here in in uh, South Florida a couple of weeks ago doing an event, doing one of my live shows. Right. Actually, I want to. Yeah. And I ran into uh, Phil Nicholson. Well, he was actually part of the show. Right. A bunch of uh, people went out and played some rounds with Phil, and then we had a dinner. And he was so awesome and amazing. It was the first time I met him, even though we live close to each other right. in Southern California. And he was like, "Let's go play some golf." That's so intimidating. That's so like, How do you do that? I'm in, in, in the actual conversation. I'm shrinking into my shoes. Right. It's something I really would love to do. Of course. And like any other athletic situation, I'd be pretty okay with. Yeah. Let's go for a run. Let's shoot some hoops. Whatever it is. And I was like, I have to up my game because how do I miss an opportunity like that? I agreed. Not to mention, everyone knows that you know golf seems to be a game where a lot of people make business deals, and it's just. No, culture is something I want to But you know what it also does? It takes four hours. This is true. Right? So for most normal working people, yeah. especially a chef, I mean, you could probably get away with it if you're smart. If you're able to get home early enough, yeah. you could probably go in the morning before people get to the restaurant. But generally speaking, it takes a long-ass time. Yeah, it's the day off sort of thing. 100%, right. So uh, I'm more of a hitting some balls at the driving range. That, that but regardless, please tell me, is he a ping guy? He is not, I don't believe. I, th I thought you were gonna. I thought yeah. the next statement was gonna be. He was so gracious that he got me a oh, set no, of things. No, this was just I'm totally disconnected. Right. Um, no, I, 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 I don't. I don't want to even say what he swings because I could be wrong. I don't think he swings pings. No. Uh, but amazing guy, and we'll see. We'll play some golf with Phil Nicholson at some point. Yeah. yeah. So, so food connected. Yes. Right. So for me, the way I look at it, different because I'm not a chef, is I look at it as people that are somehow. If you're thinking about food more than just sustenance. Right, if you are a weekend warrior, you go to the butcher and you know your butcher's name, first name, mm -hmm. or you're a college kid and you're jazzing up your ramen, or you're a mom and you're planning out your whole week and you really think that to me is being food connected, yeah. right? And on the, for me, I hope brands start to think that way more. Is that when you look at the landscape, right? Like I always tell people, you don't have to be a sports fan, and there's, you know you don't have to you don't have to really like entertainment. You got to eat every day, True. right? So everybody eats. And so from a brand perspective, if they're smart enough to figure out a way to tap into that in some way on a larger scale, it frustrates the hell out of me because I always look at brands and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you not spending more money in the space, right? Like, wireless companies. Why are there not more wireless? You ever see a wireless company at a food and wine festival? Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, none of them, right. ever. Yeah. Why not? Like, for me, you know how much data they're ripping, people are ripping through looking at recipes mm -hmm. while they're cooking? 100%. I agree. It's yeah. crazy to me. Like, this is more your world, so I don't I don't think necessarily to that degree, but you are you are right. I, it, it is a frustration. Like, you even mentioned it. Like, I mean, there's people in the world, believe it or not, that don't like music. 100%. Which is insane, but 
like you said, everyone eats. So, uh, and I think we're starting to see that. Certainly, we're in a world where you know chefs are on the road and doing things with different brands right, right. now, which is great. But yeah, there should be more of it because it's also, and what I've learned from my time on you know food TV, just as the big, large, you know, you know, yeah. food TV, whatever, Absolutely. networks aside, is that it's also very easy for everyone to enjoy it visually, right? Yeah, it's family friendly. Right, you. I mean, I hear that all the time. Eight to eighty. About like Food Network. Yep. Like, oh, we just sit down and we turn it on and we walk away and like. So for brands, it does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Connect to so many different people. For sure. All right, so what I want to talk a little bit about about you and kind of your shtick, right? Because I told you before, I'm I'm super <laughs> impressed by the way that you handle a demo, right? The the way that you and I'm curious just the way that you think about it, right? So the first time I saw you do a demo was in. San Diego Kaboom, maybe four years ago. Sounds right, yeah. And you you had somebody dressed up as a chicken mm-hmm. on stage. You had somebody dressed up as a as a wrestler, masked wrestler, and you were throwing food out into into the crowd, right? So I think when I was talking to your wife and I think you were there, from what I understand, you really think about that shit. Obviously, it's a, it's it's a show to you, right? And yeah. I, I would love to hear more about the live show that you're doing and kind of what that entails. And I love it. Thank you, first of all, for talking about it that way because like it's what I do. it's really what you're I the do. only guy that I've seen do that, well, right? And so as much as I can tell you, I love the way Forge does a demo and Ludo is amazing and my chefs yeah. do great demos. Re- Michelle's great on stage. You just they don't look at it that way. Yeah, well, um, I mean, thank you for the compliment. Those are all amazing chefs, and their, their shows are great. They're great. The, the first thing is I don't even acknowledge that it's a demo. Right, which so, which is totally different, right. Yeah. And that's, I think, it, you know, and, and that's tough, you know, bringing it back to the brand side is when I'm trying to, like, sh- like last night I did a show at a country club in, you know, North Atlanta, and it was tough at the beginning. It's like, you know, you don't, like, this is going to be a show. Like, this is going to be, like, a right. musician or, like, the stand-up comedian. Um, so... It, it is. It's a lot. It's whether whether it's performance art or a live show. That's what it is. I mean, I I call it stand up cooking right now because my uh, show brings a lot of humor into it, and it seems like a decent hashtag. It's actually and, perfect. Yeah, yeah, I never heard um, that before. So I mean, but it is. We think, and especially a show like Kaboo, which to paint a picture, if you're not familiar with it, we do a couple of these types of shows a year, where it's like it's a it's a rock concert, it's a music it's a music concert. festival for, for sure. People, it's, it could be a thousand people, it could be five hundred, could be a couple hundred, but they're just walking around at a music concert right so that specific show that you're talking about those are different because i understand that we're we're dealing with an audience that might not be specifically engaged to see me in the moment right just scrolling they want to be entertained so having some of those bigger visual things someone dressed like a chicken blowing up a soup with liquid nitrogen you know, any of those things are like pyrotechnics for our show. Right. It might not be necessarily my favorite type of set. Because right. They're tough. Um, because we want everyone to love us, right? That's yeah. That's why we cook and do all of this. Yep. We just want to make people happy, whether they're in a restaurant or in, in the audience. Um, but yeah, we look at it in a different way. We so what is the show now? What What is that? What is your show? Um, I mean... The show right now, Stand Up Cooking, Blazed and Amused, whatever we're calling this year's tour, I'm not quite sure, but it's you know a 30 to 45 minute set um, that is an opening monologue, to be honest. I mean, that's what it is. And I right. don't think a lot of chefs view their work like that. I don't think they're comfortable viewing their work so, like that, well, to be honest tough. with you. It's also tough, though. Like, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not even good at it yet. I know that I need to put in those 10,000 hours. But do you look at yourself as an entertainer? Right, because I think the problem that chefs have, generally speaking, is that they view themselves as chefs, 
right? And so it's an uncomfortable feeling to get up and say, I'm an entertainment right now and not a chef right now. Yeah. Like, are you looking, when you say show, are you viewing yourself as an entertainment in that moment? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I guess I am. I don't think I've ever said, hey, I'm an entertainer. Like, we never, I never shut off the chef button. Yeah, of course. Like, we're, you know, that's always going to be there. But right. There's definitely, it's all been trial by error for me. I never sat down one day and said, let's go do this. I realized that I was having fun doing demos. Right. You know, and it's different than TV or working in a kitchen. Because TV, you don't know what the response is. Someone's. You also don't control it. You don't control it. Right. You can't see what's happening in the living room. Right. So, I mean, there's just a joy that happened for me being on stage. You like I the response. You like to see their eyes open. You like is, to see them laugh. It's uh, uh, an addiction. Right. It's an obsession. And, you know, I, I, you know, I'm using comedian words, but I bomb and I kill. Right. And both of those things, the bombing hurts really hard. And when I crush, like luckily I did last night, it's yeah. really good today. It's amazing when you can get people to literally just start laughing or say ooh or ah or whatever, and you know, I mean, I, lo- I think it, it's more of an obsession than a plan. Do you do you tour it out, or are you waiting? For, are those like booked corporate gigs, or you're saying I'm going on the road 40 times a year and I'm going to book a schedule and sell tickets to it? Yeah, I mean, we have not quite connected the dots where this is like a public tour where you. Buy Alton Browns, you're the only guy that's done it so far, right? Alton, yeah, and I think you know maybe. Got the Eddie at one point. And right. Done something like it, and I know I've never seen Alton's show. I haven't seen either. But he went on the road and sold tickets to it. He booked yeah. it like a concert. Which I would love to do. Right. Like that, and I'm looking at 2020 and beyond here. Like that's something that we want to connect those dots. Mostly right now, it is corporate series. You know, so it might be a country club series or a, a university right. or a college or hey, we're gonna do a couple of concerts, whatever. So Our boy Will Steinberg. That. Our boy Will Steinberg is booking you. Yeah, I love that guy. Certainly a part of it. It takes a lot of people. Yeah, it does. But the biggest for me, it's it's getting the word out, and I try and do it on social, and it's still probably unclear to a lot of people. Like, what does it really mean? Well, it means we're gonna go on stage, we're gonna cook, we're gonna have fun, we're gonna laugh. Yeah. You'll get a recipe or two if that's what you want, but we're gonna have a good time. You script that shit out. Hmm. Uh, You sit down and so much that there, I kind of. It's all live, but at this point now, there are just moments right. that, you know, if an audience member yells out something, it's like dealing with a heckler. Like, yeah. I, just, I have the material for it. Yeah. So what I, it's not scripted per se, but I know, hey, there's going to be a 10 minute open. And, you know, sometimes my, some, you've seen a lot of the props I use. Yeah. So it, it's sometimes it's, it, the script is around the props. If we're, you know, doing an event for a specific client, we're, we're working in their brand. Right. We're, uh, or if we're, and, and a lot of it's just on, depending on where the location is, right? Hmm. Uh, what I try to do is working on my uh, and my entertainment side of it is I try to do ten to fifteen minutes of straight stand up in the beginning. Is that to try to challenge yourself? Yeah, it so is. It's to try and challenge myself because I feel like that's hard like, as shit, this man. Is like, uh, this is like therapy right now. Yeah, thank you. You're all good. No good. You can lay down if you want. Uh, for chefs, we hide. We can hide behind the food. Easy. You know? And in the kitchen, so, by the way. And in the kitchen. Yep. And behind the food. And on stage behind the kitchen counter. So, like, one of the things I cannot stand is for these demos, usually it's a big block kitchen. Yeah. You stand behind it. You literally are hiding behind the it. The kitchen, a kitchen. Not the kitchen. It's not wonderful. Yeah, they're the awesome. Kitchen, they need they're, the kitchen. Yeah. But the physical setup of it is, like, you're behind there. You're behind all those mirrors. And, like, I like to come in front of that kitchen counter setup and deliver the first 10 minutes. It's like taking the guitar from a, from a musician. That's usually singing with the guitar yeah. 
Right. You know, like if you ever watch American Idol, you watch The Voice, they're like, how about we just take away your guitar? And everybody's like, I feel so fucking naked right now. It's the same type of thing, right? You're taking away the, the you're taking away the, you're not your crutch, right? But the thing that makes you physically sure. comfortable because you've been standing behind it your whole damn life. Yeah, but it is a, you know, but I do view it sometimes as a crutch. Right. So, like, for me, that's just for my own personal growth, I like to spend 10 minutes just seeing if I can get this crowd to have a good time before I even get into anything. Were you an actor? Like, what did you grow up? Were you into acting? Were you into, I mean, were you I, a thespian? Like, uh, my dad is, uh, was a video editor, still is. Um, but, I mean, so I was always, like, he had a passion and has a passion for, like, film. And I grew up in a house with, like, you know, clockwork orange posters. Yeah, I got you. Like, I mean, I'm dating myself here, but, like, my dad took me to see, like, Apocalypse Now. Like, you grew up in New York or Jersey? I grew up on Long Island. In Long Island. Gotcha. And so, like, there was always this, like, uh, Coriana Skotsky, which is, like, time-lapse footage of nuclear bombs <laughs> going on. Like, this is what my dad made me watch when I was a kid. If we weren't watching sports, it was some sort of... Like, Do you dig that now, though? And, and now I really, like, thank him. Like, I, you know, right. right now I'm thanking him for that. Because I, and when I was a kid, I was like, what are we doing? Are you going to send this to him and he's going to start crying? Be like, Rich is so proud of you. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, never, I mean, you know, whatever. Like, the fifth grade play. But, no, I wasn't a theater kid. I was more of a sports kid. And, but now it's kind of come full circle. And, like... You know, I, I love being up there. That's all. Yeah. So, how, so, <coughs> you know, ask the question. Somebody earlier on. I hate the question. I know you've been asked it, and I hate asking, and I hate thinking about it, but I do. Like, do you do you consciously think about building the Richard Blaze brand? Like, yeah. is that something that you think about actively? Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't get upset by it. Like, it kind of goes back to the question about like chefs acknowledging that they're entertainers, right? Like, I mean, you, you should be happy about it. Yeah, like, but you're still in the kitchen too. I mean, you're still yeah, cooking. Of course, but the brand is that too, right? right. So, like for me, um, I, you know, if, if if building a brand means trying to keep working, yeah, and trying to make your life better, then you know we're all trying to build our brand. I, I mean, I could do a better job at it. We, you know, it's not something that like, you know, we, you know, take a weekly meeting on. Yeah. And say how, you know, what direction is the brand heading? Like, I think that's and that's the good part about it. I think a lot of people can see through the overly prepared. Right. You know, scripted sort of like, oh, this is what's happening right now. But we can do a better job. But you've still got, I mean, again, you've got, you know, your chicken, you've got Juniper and Ivy, right? You've got Crack Shack, right? So building restaurants, and this is what, when when I think about representing talent, like for me, right, most of the folks I represent are are pure restaurant chefs, right? So Forge, Mishi, Ludo, um, you know, Tiffany Faison, Nina Compton, they're restaurant chefs, right? I have a few other people that are more culinary personalities, but like when I first sat down with Mark, we, I looked at people like Danielle and John George and like, and tried to start 30 years back and work our way that way, right? Because for me, there's only a few people in this industry that have been able to sustain success on the entertainment side, TV side, whatever it may be, yeah. right? And so I think what's smart, I think what you're doing is that you're doing both, yeah. right? You're you're, because again, restaurants are hard as shit, but if you do it right. There's sustainable revenue, mm-hmm. right? And Crack Shack is potentially, I don't know how many locations you have right now. Right, now. Yeah. right, so you're at a point now actually where, are they, they're not franchised yet? They're all they're company owned? It's all independently owned. Right, yeah. but there is a scalable model there, right? After three of them, you can build your P&L and you can build your Crack Shack in a box and you can look for the exact specs that you need and you know exactly what you need and you know exactly what equipment and you know what the brand looks like. That's smart, but you're also doing all this other shit, right? Yeah. And I don't know if that's because you need to scratch that creative itch in a different way, 
right? Because most chefs are not thinking about this other stuff the way that you're thinking about it. Mm. I mean, you know, I mean, for me, it's really, and I think this is, this goes to like the core of a chef, like, you know, just get up and do what you like to do, right? Like, I like to cook and eat food, right? So if like, I think the most chefs are more that way, right? We don't view our, our work as work, right? It's yeah. Lifestyle, and that's how we grew up, or that's how we trained. And I'm, I'm the same way with all of it. Like, I just kind of love doing it, right? Yeah. So it's, it's not as much of a creative itch as it's more just like, a, the, I, I like the challenge of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I love restaurants. Like, it's really important for me to always, I will always have, and I, I maintain that, and like, I've been lucky enough that even with any of the TV that I've done, when there have been opportunities to not be involved, I, 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 I wouldn't. Like, I just, right. you know, because I know that, you know, I'm connected to food, right? Yeah. And it's and and, and I'm always going to be a chef, and that is going to be always one of those things. But you can be more than that. You can be the entertainer. Yeah. Or, or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, but I got to be honest with you, man. I think that you... I'll give you credit because your mindset and your perspective to it is very different than a lot of chefs, hmm. right? I think that, and I think it's just the openness of being okay with it. Right. Do you know what I mean? That just wanting, maybe it's a desire because you like it and you get off on it. Yeah. Right. Like I, you know, you talk to most chefs, they get off on what you said, watching people react to their food. Right. Right. Like Forge tells stories about he sits in his doorway and he gets off sure. on watching people react to the food that he makes. Mm-hmm. You get it in both ways, which I think is really cool, right? Being able to. Watch somebody's reaction to the first ten or twelve minutes that you're doing to a show. Yeah. Probably is that same feeling as you're seeing them eating a badass chicken sandwich that you just created. Yeah, it's, it is. It's tapping into the same thing for sure. Right. One hundred percent. I I like doing all of it. I mean, I really think that's what it comes down to. I guess so. Yeah. With the restaurants and the whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, and I think that's uh, like, like even like if you took the restaurants away from anyone who's a, a chef, right? They like cooking at home too, right? Yeah. They, they like they like making food at home. So but they do it differently. And they do it for different reasons. True. Right. And, if you, and honestly, the ones and all of, uh, all of your people are best in the business. Like, honestly, the good ones, though, are, are kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's like, right. Like, I mean, I've learned that as a chef. It's like, you know, I'm not busting out the tweezers. Uh, years ago, and I'm like, I'm not busting out the tweezers as much or right. the liquid nitrogen as much at home. Oh, you know, like, maybe we should start doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. So, like, it, I've learned on both sides of it. How about this industry, man? Like, you progressed through, because you, you started on Top Chef, right? You've done, yeah. how many seasons? One or two seasons? Uh, hmm, an all-star season? On, on two seasons. I've judged multiple seasons. Right. I've guest appeared on iterations and spinoffs. It's been 10 years, right, since you were doing that? Yes. I mean, a 10-year run for this show. It's been over 10 years, yeah. So the industry has evolved in 10 years, right? I'm curious to understand, like, if you, if you take a minute to think back what it looked like then. I mean, I can tell you, me, right? There's For me... When I got into this nine years ago, ten years ago, candidly, I thought it was going to evolve much faster. I thought that this thing was going to be explosive and we would be on par with sports marketing and we would be on par with music marketing and we would be getting these same types of opportunities. I don't think it's actually progressed fast enough for me. I'd be curious being in it, right? And see, I mean, you're doing a lot of other things. Like, do you, do you recognize the progression? You think it's too fast? You think it's right? You think you'd like to see more? I mean, I'd, I'd like to see more. We all would, right, right. right. Like, like I said, I love what I do, so you know, if I'm if I'm on the road or opening with restaurant, whatever it is, I'm happy with all of it. It's probably, you know, it. it I, I think there, there's, you know, it got saturated pretty quick as far as media. Yeah, it did. Media, like even just, you know, uh, people who are successful. I'm not saying I am, but like, you know, I got lucky or whatever. But there is a t- the timing of it is also 
you know, really important. Like when I when I have you know other people in our industry who are in my DMs or whatever or looking for advice because they got to do one episode of one food TV show, right? And they're like, you know, and, and sometimes they're they're like, well, you know, how am I going to deal with the fame and the stardom, you know, after my chopped episode? Right. You know, and like that's a real DM from someone at some point, and it's like, you know, first of all, like it's right. a flip, and it's like I think that's. That's the biggest thing I've seen change. And yeah. I think what I've been very mindful of is that, you know, in whatever happened yesterday, it doesn't matter. You got to keep going and keep getting the next thing and keep yep. pushing and keep trying to get more work because there's so many people cooking on TV. There's so many people with great social media accounts. Yep. There's so many great restaurants and chefs. Yeah. Um, how do you keep differentiating yourself? So for me, I guess what I'm saying is I, you know, I was lucky that, like, in the heyday of Top Chef, you know, I I was on there. You know? Yeah, and I think that certainly helped. It didn't hurt. You know, I say it's an escalator, not a staircase. Yeah, you know? like it, it helped speed things up. You like the TV stuff? I love it. Yeah, I'm coming off of two shows that I can't really talk about right now. Right. I, 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 the, the same thing for why I love the live. The, you know, doing stuff on stage. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's another way to just get people to react and have a good time, and uh, I I don't mind it. It's, and I also went really hard on myself and I'm not great at it. Like so like all of these things. Like why why does chefs not want to be educated? It's because it's hard as shit. Big egos. Like, it's hard. I mean people have egos, but chefs have yes. Right. It's so, hard. Like, you know, it's hard to get up in front of a couple hundred people and, you know, make them react. If if you looked at the Food Network thirty years ago, whenever the hell it started, right. and you watched Bobby and you watched Mario and you watched all those people that were the first on there, yeah. they were fucking terrible. Right, right. They were they were terrible. Yeah. Flash forward, Bobby's so natural at it right now. He's so damn good. He doesn't even think twice about it. Yeah. To your point, it's the yeah. 10,000 hours, right? Yeah. It has to be the repetition. I remember when Mark first won Iron Chef and we, he would get up and do a demo or he would get on TV. You could see his brain working, right. trying to do both at the same time and look at a camera and be, and be natural. Three, four years later, he was so much better. It's, it really is a natural progression. It's hard. It's yeah. not easy, right? Because your brain just wants to cook because that's what you've been doing yeah. for so yeah. many years. Exactly. So um, I'm always looking like you know, you asked me if I like TV. Yeah. To me, like I love when I get a script now. Like, to read it, to, right? Like if I get a script, and I just mean if it's a food show or whatever, direct to camera. Like I'm, when I say script, I mean yeah, I got you. You know what I'm saying? And I love it. Like that used to scare me. Like, huh. Or, or um, you know, or having to memorize lines, like things like this. Like, like that's your job. Like, that's what you're getting paid for. That's right. If it's for a brand and it's a commercial or it's for social media, or you should review it. And, yeah. You know, rewrite it, punch it up. What all these things that happen in the entertainment world, like those are happening in the chef world. Well, so, like, what's interesting about it is you also can control a lot of it, right? I mean, the idea of social media, first off, television has changed, right? With OTTs, you got Facebook Watch and Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and all those other ones that are they're a real part of our world now. Yes. What you're doing on social, and I don't know what your social numbers are, right? But I think they're pretty damn good. Being able to control your own message there, right? Be able to create your own content there yeah. is just as important because it's in your voice and you have full control and ownership of it. Yes, I uh, agree. Although what I'm learning on social is that you just you know, almost the yeah, you just let it rip. Like you, uh, you know, for me, don't I, overthink I, it. You're saying, you know, I think there was a phase, right? I'm not, I'm not a social media expert, and I don't have great numbers. Like so, it's like one of those things. I'm trying. You're pretty to good. Do. What's your Instagram following? Uh, over like two fifty six. That's a lot. In our culinary world, yeah, that's a lot. It's, it's it's decent. 
you know, but it's not A list. And I'm always trying to like work hard. Right? No chefs are going to be A list, by the way, on social media. Yeah. By nature, right? I mean, right. even Guy Fieri, right? I don't know how many he has, yeah. but when you compare it to an influencer, oh, it's a fucking joke. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you get these influencer agencies and ask Cameron. I'm sure she does the same thing, right? These influencer agents call us and they're like, hey, we want to do something with Ludo and uh, just paste on his. Social following, what if it's decent? It's 140,000. Right. They're like, we'll give you 500 bucks. Right. It's like, what are you out of your mind? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, and again, but that's, I think, the difference. And, and I was talking to Sawyer about it earlier. You guys are experts, you're not influencers. Right. Influencers came because of what you were doing. Mm. You didn't become an influencer because you wanted to be an influencer. It just yeah. came, right? You're an expert as a chef. And because you're an expert as a chef, the influence came right. versus the opposite, right? Where you become food porn and all of a sudden, you're not really anything other than somebody takes pictures and yes. is very active with it, right? Yes. But they're, they're carving it out, right? People I guess so. Like I, I said, I'm saying the, the name influence. I hate too. it. Yeah, it reminds me though of how like we used to feel that way. As a sh- this was before I really embraced this whole ride, but like we used to get mad at bloggers. Yes, we did. Ten years ago, hundred percent. Right? Bloggers, what do they know? They're not like you know, like a, influencers. Just the new name for bloggers. Except there's so many of them. There's so many of them with, you got young kids. How old are your kids again? 11 and 8. Yeah. Boys or girls? girls? Right. So I use this example all the time. Bobby Brown is the ultimate makeup artist, right? She's been doing this for 30 years. She is an expert. Like the best of the best, right? This girl built big brands. She sold them. She built them. She sold them. But yet, you know, I got a 12-year-old daughter, right? Who's not really into makeup. I got a 12 and an 8-year-old. They go to like other 13-year-olds for expertise because this 13-year-old's got 10 million followers on YouTube. And you're like, well, wait a second. You're not an expert, right? You're just, you know, you're coming along here and, and you're just, you're not really an expert at makeup. You just figured this game out. Yes. So they're getting advice from non-experts and it drives me crazy. Got it's it. like finding a chef, right? That's a 12-year-old kid and somebody's going to look at a 12-year-old kid how to make whatever, a foie gras terrine, who knows, right? right? Instead of going to you or going to Joe or going to somebody else that really knows how to do it. Yeah, I try to not get frustrated by that stuff, though, because usually there is something that they're doing, though, that is making that... Catchy? I guess so. so are you into TikToks yet? You watch your kids on TikToks? TikTok is... So, no one... Not, my kids are not, don't even have phones yet. So God, you're so much stronger than I am. Like, we're at that moment right now. But I have a TikTok account. <laughs> so I have right. not done anything with it, but I'm very late. Like, it is time to go for it. I'm a fan of the, uh, you know, of the platform, for sure. It's funny. Because it reminds me of Vine, and I miss Vine, and I, and I actually had a lot of good stuff for Vine. Right. It was a platform that worked for me with a lot of the, st- the stop motions. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Like so, a matter of fact, you probably have inspired me to, once I bounce from this room, to so I, a TikTok video in the hallway. So, my daughter spends way too much time. I'm a terrible parent, right? So, what my kids are on, they both have phones, for, yeah, for whatever too. reason. And my 12-year-old spends time on TikTok, and so I got on TikTok to make sure I was watching her shit, right? Because yeah, sure. I wanted to see what the hell she was doing. Yeah. I go down the hole sometimes, man. Oh, like, yeah. I sit on there. First off, some of the stuff's hysterical. Some of it is so damn creative. Like, these young kids and the way that their minds think right. is insane. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so you right, but they're just not experts. Be like, they're not an expert, but, man, they know how to edit a video. They know how to edit the video. I guess that's my point. Right, but... But do they really know how to put on eyeshadow? Or do they really know, you know what I mean, like the techniques or whatever the hell it may be? It drives me kind of crazy. Um, so what's next? Like, what, what's next for, for, obviously you have a couple of shows that you can't talk about, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, little appearances here and there, um, you know, continuing the podcast game. There's a new podcast coming out. 
can we talk about your podcast? Because as I said to you before, yeah. I'm, I'm all screwed up on how to use this equipment. I typically do everything over Skype. I got this little fancy thing, whatever the hell it may be. You know, that's much more, this is much fancier than my podcast. I think it's exactly what you use. I don't know. You have the next level. You have the next version or something. Whatever. It's an upgraded version, yeah, right? You're, you're fancy. What do you, I, I don't mind doing this. Like, again, I, I've always been the guy behind the guy. Yeah. Right? I've never been a, on the front of this right this so the first couple episodes so i've done maybe 12 of them or oh, 13 okay. of them okay. but again all over skype and it's never been with the chef it's all been brand marketing people Got agency it. people you know the head of aramark foods the you know the guy that runs partnerships with the new york jets because we did some food stuff together it's yeah. that type of guy i'm just curious about i like this right yeah. for me i try to be and i think your podcast is the same way my whole vision was like if i can just let people listen into my phone calls I th I think there's something interesting oh, there. Like Do you know what I mean? Like I just I want to be as natural and casual. If swearing, I always tell people if it lasts 20 minutes, it lasts 20 minutes. If it lasts two hours, it lasts two hours. Like, nice. let's talk until it gets boring. Yeah. Or we got nothing else to say to each my, other. My, my, my you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Game of Thrones is the only podcast that that carries. You know, those podcasts can go pretty deep. I'm learning a lot. And come see me in a year. I'd love to hear. I thought you were what, great last year. What your take is uh, on podcasts? Oh like, yeah. Episodes or so, it's yeah. a grind, and you know, it's it's everyone's got. I mean, you know, everyone now is podcast. It's like social media, it's another form yeah. of social media. So but you have podcast one to help you push it out there and do a lot of the legwork, too. Um, yes, right. Um, so the you know, distribution helps, of course, but uh. You know, for me, it's one of it. I'm a, I'm not a very good social person. Right. Like you know, you got big time chef right here, Joe Flan behind me, and like all all of my friends are here. I think I he was mean, talking I'm about you, Joe. Like I'll go back to my I'll play video games in my hotel room. I'll You'll go home. Service like I'm, I'm not a very social creature. You're so, saying you're anti-social is what you're saying. Yeah, you are. And like that's everyone. And, like I does it. I love everyone. I Did love you just say you'll go home? You'll go back and play video games? Sometimes I haven't in a while. I but you think I'm not just gonna let that go? Like, what video games are you playing? I mean, I'm a sports guy, so like, there's been times where I've, like I might be in a Madden phase or a FIFA phase, and then you like, go I'm, back to your room, and play it on your phone. Like, what are you doing? Though? Chefs are out drinking and eating and having a good time, and I'm back just like you know grinding out my season for the on your the, phone. What are you doing it on? Like, I travel with the PlayStation. I have been known to travel with the PlayStation. It's not Do you really? Day, and it's been over a year. Joe, I'm glad you're laughing in the background because yeah. in my soul, I'm laughing a little bit right now too. It's, it's embarrassing. Are you into the esports stuff? Like you get into the those gaming? I wish. That, like talk about another market that's just it's like, insane. come out of nowhere. Drives me crazy. Yeah. You know they sold out the Brooklyn Arena three nights that's, in a row? That's, sold out. Right? 12,000 tickets. They sold out. Right? You see that 13-year-old that kid that won like $5 million at a $10 million pot for this tournament that he won? And he's like, I'm so, his, his dad was like, I'm so proud of you. He's been working so hard playing video games. Like, your son's been sitting in his basement for seven hours a day. And it just gets me upset because I feel like when I was that age, it was when these video games, like, like Tetris was, I mean, and it didn't even have all the teams. Of course. It didn't have, like, fight songs and stuff like right. that. And I was like, you know what would be cool? Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember, like, we would play the college football game. And it was Tecmo Bowl back then. Like, this was, like, early EA Sports. Right. But like we got, we played the college football game, and like I would play with Notre Dame. But when they scored, I would play a cassette tape of the fight song <laughs> in my basement, and I was like, "It'd be cool if they actually had the fight song." Well, now you got it. Thirty years later, kids are making millions of dollars. That's crazy. And like, go for it. That, that would, if you're out there with an idea, you got to move quick on it. That's right? crazy. I, I haven't played Madden in so damn long. It's been about a year, but it's now it's incredible. As a matter of fact, the other day, because um, my family, you know, my my mother-in-law stays with us. 
and a real NFL game was on the TV, but she thought I was playing Madden. Did she really? She was like, oh, you just scored a touchdown. And I was like, oh, no. That's <laughs> you should have been like, really yeah, yeah, I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> really, that's a real person. But then, yeah, she's a little older, I guess. But. So what do you got going on this week here? Uh, uh, week I'm doing a lunch tomorrow. I should know more about what I'm supposed to do, but my uh, we're doing some uh, a fun lunch tomorrow with friends. I cool. Lunch with friends, and then we're doing some sort of meet events. Am I doing the lunch with you? No, no we're not friends like that. We are friends like that. First of all, we're, very, we're close friends. As he says that, as he's going up to his hotel room, he doesn't want to talk to anybody. Uh, yeah, having a good time, hanging out, and, and getting ready to uh, wrap up the year. All right, dude. Well, listen. I really appreciate it. I love this conversation. Yeah, let's do it again. Hopefully we're doing it at some point too. Part two soon. For sure. All right. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Food Connected Podcast, recorded from the beautiful Palm Beach Food and Wine Festival at the Four Seasons Resort. As always, keep checking back for new episodes. And if you need to reach me for anything, please uh, send me an email at lsweet at theconnectgrp.com. Thank you and have a great day.